My name is Amy Abraham, and I am the host of the Bliss Podcast. Each episode will feature ways to find wellness and happiness in your life. We will explore different trends and approaches that support a positive well-being of the whole person, mind, body, and soul. With each interesting topic, I will be interviewing experts within that field as well as adding my own personal experiences. If you're looking for more happiness in your life, Bliss is the podcast for you. Hello, listeners. As some of you may know, I stopped drinking alcohol as of January 1st, 2020. I chose to stop because I knew deep down inside that drinking, even a little bit, is probably bad for me. But who knows what tomorrow will bring. I didn't do the research about alcohol consumption until more recently, and I thought I'd share this information with you today. Enjoy! The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention of the United States, or CDC, recommends only one drink a day for women and only two drinks a day for men. Why is it different for men than for women, you may ask? The gender differences in body structure and chemistry causes women to absorb more alcohol, and it takes longer to break it down and remove it from their bodies than it does for men. A standard drink is equal to 14 grams, or... 0.6 ounces of pure alcohol. Generally, this amount of pure alcohol is found in 12 ounces of beer, 8 ounces of malt liquor, 5 ounces of wine, 1.5 ounces or a shot of 80 proof distilled spirits or liquor, for example, gin, rum, vodka, and whiskey. I can mostly relate this to wine. There are five glasses of five ounces of wine in a typical 750 milliliter bottle. So if you are drinking half a bottle a night as a woman, you are drinking too much alcohol according to the CDC. You might be wondering if you could just binge drink half of your recommended weekly amount on Friday and the other half on Saturday. Sorry to say it, but that won't work. The toxicity level is higher when you binge drink. Just think about how you feel the next day it's pretty obvious that binge drinking is not healthy. According to the CDC, binge drinking is related to many health problems such as high blood pressure, stroke, heart disease, and liver disease, as well as increasing your chance of getting breast, mouth, throat, esophagus, liver, and colon cancer. Also, because you are consuming high amounts of alcohol in a short amount of time, when you binge drink, your alcohol blood level increases rapidly, which impairs your judgment. For these reasons, you are more likely to incur unintentional injuries, such as car accidents, falls, drownings, burns, and firearm injuries, and or participate in violence, such as child maltreatment, homicide, and suicide. I'm sorry to be telling you this during the COVID-19 quarantine because you may be enjoying a few more glasses of wine than usual. But maybe for this reason, this is the best time to tell you. I am pretty sure you already know most of these facts and you may not drink that often or even that much when you do, but I wanted to share more information with you about light alcohol drinking. First, alcohol is extremely dehydrating and our bodies need large amounts of water to function at its optimal level. If you suffer from headaches, constipation, or are overweight, 
you are probably dehydrated. If you feel hungry all the time, your body may be telling you it needs water. Our brains cannot differentiate between hunger and thirst. Both cravings send the same signal to your brain. So always try a glass of water first to satisfy that hunger feeling. Here are a few excerpts from How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger pertaining to alcohol consumption. According to a famous series of papers in the Journal of the American Medical Association called The Actual Causes of Death in the United States, the leading killer of Americans in the year 2000 was tobacco, followed by diet and inactivity. The third leading killer, alcohol. About half of alcohol-related deaths were due to sudden causes like motor vehicle accidents. The other half were slower, and the leading cause was alcoholic liver disease. Excessive alcohol consumption can lead to an accumulation of fat in the liver, what's known as fatty liver, which can cause inflammation and result in liver scarring and eventually liver failure. The CDC defines excessive drinking as the regular consumption of more than one drink a day for women and more than two a day for men. Heavy alcohol consumption can cause a fatty liver in less than three weeks, but it usually resolves within four to six weeks after stopping drinking. But in five to 15% of cases, the disease continues to progress and the liver starts to scar despite alcohol cessation. Once alcohol-induced hepatitis, liver inflammation, is diagnosed, three-year survival rates can be as high as 90% among people who stop drinking after diagnosis. But as many as 18% of them go on to develop cirrhosis, an irreparable scarring of the liver. The best strategy to avoid alcohol liver disease is to not drink so much in the first place. But if you do drink excessively, help is available. Though most people who drink may not be alcoholics, there is convincing evidence that 12-step programs such as Alcoholics Anonymous can be effective for those who do suffer from alcohol dependence. Everyone agrees that heavy drinking, drinking during pregnancy, and binge drinking are bad ideas. But what about moderate drinking? While smoking is bad for you and smoking a lot is worse, that logic may not hold for alcohol consumption. But wait, there actually appears to be a beneficial effect on overall mortality by drinking some alcohol, but only, it seems, for those who are not taking good care of themselves already. Moderate drinking does appear to protect against heart disease, perhaps because of a blood thinning effect. But even light drinking, less than one drink a day, has been found to increase cancer risk. How could something that increases cancer risk still prolong life? Cancer is only our second leading killer disease. Because heart disease is the leading cause of death, it explains why people who drink moderately may live longer lives than those who abstain. But this advantage may be restricted only to those who fail to practice a bare minimum of healthy behaviors. To find out who might benefit from moderate alcohol consumption, researchers recruited close to 10,000 men and women and followed them for 17 years after assessing their drinking and lifestyle habits. The results were published in a paper entitled, who benefits most from the cardioprotective properties of alcohol consumption, health freaks or couch potatoes? 
What constituted a health freak? According to the researcher's definition, anyone who exercises 30 minutes a day, doesn't smoke, and eats at least one serving of fruits or vegetables daily. One to two drinks a day did lower the risk of heart disease for the couch potatoes, those living unhealthy lifestyles. But people who practiced even the bare minimum of healthy behaviors showed no benefit from alcohol. The lesson, grapes, barley, and potatoes are best eaten in their non-distilled form, and Johnny Walker is no substitute for actual walking. So my interpretation of these facts is that if you already have heart disease, then drinking alcohol might help you because the alcohol will thin your blood. But if you don't have heart disease, then drinking alcohol is not good for you. In 2010, the official World Health Organization body that assesses cancer risks formally upgraded its classification of alcohol to a definitive human breast carcinogen. In 2014, it clarified its position by stating that Regarding breast cancer, no amount of alcohol is safe. But what about drinking responsibly? In 2013, scientists published a compilation of more than 100 studies on breast cancer and light drinking. The researchers have found a small but statistically significant increase in breast cancer risk even among women who had at most one drink per day. They estimated that every year around the world, Nearly 5,000 breast cancer deaths may be attributable to light drinking. If every day a woman drinks up to 10 grams of alcohol, which is less than the recommended one drink a day, her risk for breast cancer goes up 5% before menopause and 9% after menopause. The carcinogen isn't alcohol itself. The culprit is actually the toxic breakdown product of alcohol called acetaldehyde, which can form in the mouth almost immediately after you take a sip. Experiments show that even holding a single teaspoon of hard liquor in your mouth for five seconds before spitting it out results in the production of potentially carcinogenic levels of acetaldehyde that lingers for more than 10 minutes. Acetaldehyde damages your DNA and prevents your body from repairing the damage. DNA is the cell's instruction manual that controls a cell's normal growth and function. When DNA is damaged, a cell can begin growing out of control and create a cancer tumor. A toxic buildup of acetaldehyde can increase your cancer risk. If even a single sip of alcohol might produce cancer-causing levels of acetaldehyde in the mouth, what about using mouthwash that contains alcohol? Researchers who tested the effects of a variety of retail mouthwashes and oral rinses concluded that, although the risk is slight, it is probably best to refrain from using such products if they contain alcohol. So, in summary, I would suggest doing your own research on alcohol consumption and make your own decision. But in the meantime, maybe try to cut back to one or two drinks per day. I have been trying some new ways to replace a glass of wine. I now drink flavored seltzers in a wine glass, super fun, and my husband makes fun of me. I have been brewing my own iced teas by mixing different flavors of tea bags together. I also have been researching some mocktails online. There are some restaurants in New York that have great mocktails. You can look at their menus online and try them out at home. For this podcast episode, I used 
Dr. Michael Greger's book, How Not to Die, and information I found on the CDC website at cdc.gov. If you feel as though you or someone you love may be abusing alcohol, you can find support on the Alcoholics Anonymous website at aa.org. If you have any questions or would like to work with me, visit my website at amyabraham.com. You can email me at amyabrahambliss at gmail.com. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at amy 2 Abraham. And while you are there, use the hashtag amyabrahambliss when you are posting about things you learned from bliss. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast and share it with a friend. See you guys next week. 